So when I was in uh, junior high, uh, they'd take all of the uh, football players to lift weights, and then all of the choir kids went to uh, try out for all region, and that's what I did. I didn't play football. I sang beautifully <laughs> as a as a as a junior high kid. You know, right? Right? My my voice still hasn't fully changed, but once it does, like then, well, they they you try out for all region and you get like uh, because they want kids to feel good about themselves, they seat them. You know, so they they say here this was the best kid and so on and so forth. And if you were in the top whatsoever, you got to uh, you got to try out for a solo in the all region choir. Uh, and so I, I was, I got to try out for a solo. And they didn't give me a pitch. And that was a mistake. Because I started it way too high. And ended up, and, you know, to me, I thought, well, I just messed up. But if you imagine the story through the adult eyes, this little, tiny little kid with a gigantic head came in and was just like, And I just couldn't, I couldn't start it over. And so they, but they didn't laugh. They just, but man, I was just butchering that solo. And uh, the next time a solo came open for such a thing, I was like, I'll pass. Because we typically, we will typically uh, veer away from things that we uh, don't like you know like if we don't um like if if it doesn't go well for us i'm not going to go back down that road once more if it if it wasn't a pleasant experience um my you know if, if you if you had a bad experience with a restaurant just one time just one it's over if you have if, if you go to the same style of restaurant in another place and they mess up, you might be done with that whole food category. But in the end, it's, it, you may have just had two bad experiences, but if something goes wrong for us, we're typically not wanting to go down that road once more. Um, I think the opposite is true, and both will get us in trouble. That if something works out pretty well for us, we'll keep doing it. Especially if that thing um, doesn't really get us in trouble, we'll keep it up. And there's a part of you that wants to do the right thing. There's a part of you that wants to be a good Christian. There's a part of you that wants to follow Jesus and all the teachings of Jesus, but there's also a part of you that has been not following that for a long time in different areas of your life, and that's working out pretty well for you too. And preachers can, uh, we can be really uh, tempted to say things like, um, you know, follow Jesus, and that's the best life you can have. And that's true, but what we mean by that is it's the hardest and most. Um, valuable life you can have it's not we don't mean it's the easiest way to go we mean it 
It is the best, but the best is hard. But sometimes people like easy, sometimes we like easy over good. And if we've traveled down the easy road and the easy road feels like there's no consequences and it's just better. And the easy road is in my comfort zone. And we will just keep traveling down that until we make a specific choice to travel somewhere else. You know, we talked last week about Solomon and, uh, and mentioned that this might be the end of your Bible Old Testament story in your head. You may get to Solomon and think, I don't know what's next. And that's okay. But if you read uh, the chapter 14 this week in the story, you'll see that there are other names and other places and other happenings. And at the very beginning of this of of Jeroboam and Rehoboam's career as kings, they um, split the kingdom, and it's rough from there on out. Every king, so there's the northern kingdom of Israel, southern kingdom of Judah, two kingdoms: Israel, Judah. Um, if you can't think of them in order. Um, they go in alphabetical order from top to bottom. I, J, then Jeroboam, Rehoboam. And from there on out, it's not important to remember. We'll get to Jesus later. But Jeroboam becomes the king of the northern kingdom. Rehoboam is Solomon's son, and he becomes the king of the southern kingdom. And they are at odds throughout all of time. Within... If it's not war, if it's not battles, it's just bickering. And one's doing one thing and one's doing another. But how it happens, how they get there, get there, how they get there, that's G-I-T, get. How they get there is uh, is pretty powerful. First Kings chapter 13 will be in verse 1 through 11. By the word of the Lord, a man of God came from Judah to Bethel as Jeroboam was standing by the altar to make an offering. By the word of the Lord, he cried out against the altar, 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 this is what the Lord says. A son named Josiah will be born to the house of David. On you, he will sacrifice the priest of the high places. Well, that is not the scripture at all. Nailed it. All right, First Kings twelve one through eleven. You don't know how to do that, do you? Can you get First Kings twelve one through eleven? Click on Bible, type in First Kings twelve one through eleven. We'll just cycle through them. Ta-da! We have things in order, and I was just going to read a whole story. Does God want me to preach on this? How would I do that? It's fine. You can just you can just kill it, and we can talk about it. It's fine. Um. There is, uh, okay, so 1 Kings, what happens? Man, I could have sworn that was the right one. All right. 
The, uh, well, let's stand and sing. <laughs> I know the sermon in my head. I'm going to turn there now in my Bible. So open up your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 12. 1 Kings chapter 12. Um, and dear Lord, help that to be the chapter I'm thinking of. Yes. So, everyone comes to, uh, and I'll just, hey, look at there. Good job, guys. Um, Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had gone there to make him king. When Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard this, he was still in Egypt, where he had fled from King Solomon, and he returned from Egypt. So, they sent for Jer- Jeroboam, and he and the whole assembly of Israel went to Rehoboam and said to him, Your father put a heavy yoke on us, but now lighten the harsh labor. Yoke is something they put on oxen. Basically, he weighed us down with work. Uh, now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke he put on us, and we will serve you. Rehoboam answered, Go away for three days, and then come back to me. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam consulted the elders who had served his father Solomon during his lifetime. So the the older men, he consulted them. How would you advise me to answer these people? Yeah. They replied, If today you will be a servant to these people, today you will honor them. If you will be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servant. But Rehoboam rejected the advice because he's an idiot. And the elders gave him consult and get, get, the gate, rejected the advice the elders gave him and consulted the young men who had grown up with him and were serving him. He asked them, what is your advice? How should we answer these people who, who say to me, lighten the yoke your father put on us? The young men who had grown up with him replied, these people have said to you, your father put a heavy yoke on us. But make our yoke lighter. Now tell them, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. You have to read that verse like that. My father laid on you a heavy yoke. I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions, which is really hard to do. But he's planning on it. He basically says, you guys are going. Do you you think you had it rough with him? My father, Solomon, was hard on you. He put a heavy burden on you. He, he, he ruled you with an iron fist. He, made, he took your sons and daughters. He made your daughters concubines and your sons servants. People of Israel were the slaves at this point. Did you, he did this to you and he was successful. Solomon was renowned to the ends of the earth as the most wise man even today with Jesus in the picture we call Solomon the wisest man to have ever lived I guess Jesus is second place he, he built a reputation for himself and he built fortified cities and he had good commerce and he had he had he had wives people just what people just he got married and didn't even know it he He was successful and wealthy and beloved. But the final verdict on him in 1 Kings 11 is he did not do what the Lord asked of him. Solomon 
however, did not follow the will of the Lord. And these people have come to Rehoboam and asked him, can, can you be easier on us? And Solomon saw no consequences. Solomon saw success. And so Rehoboam, seeing his father's success, just went on with it. He had no reason to go easier on these people. Who do they think they are? He's the king. The older men knew better. The older men knew that if you want people to serve you, you must serve them first. That was their advice. The younger men, as younger men are, were dumb. And thought that the way we've been doing it this whole time is the way we should do it in the future because if it isn't broke, don't fix it. Our problem is that we're not that good at telling when it's broke. We're not great at knowing when we are broken, when we are making the wrong decisions. Because especially if we have the feel good, if you say about your neighbor, oh, they are really spiraling out of control financially. Just some stranger at a at a softball game. I saw you all said softball game. Sorry. There's some stranger at the at the at, at at Walmart. You're just talking and you just talk about somebody else. Say, oh yeah, they're that person. They are this and they are that. You in that moment are a horrible person. You're making a horrible mistake. You're not doing what God requires of you, but you got the feel good from speaking about somebody who's not in the room. Because when I can take them and push them here, all of a sudden, although I have not elevated myself at all, I feel elevated. feel better. There are, there, there are probably a dozen things we do in our lives that we shouldn't be doing, but there are no consequences for them. We can be greedy. Nolan and I had to have that talk uh, just this past week. Um, he was in the store, and um, he thinks the toy aisle in the store is just a museum. Like, we've never bought him anything, so he just... He just thinks, oh, can I go look at the, you know, the wax toys? And, but he was walking, he's got a birthday coming up, and this is the first birthday where he's really kind of noticed, oh, I'm getting things. And he was just like, I want that for my birthday, and 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 I want that for Christmas, and I want that, which was nice, that was a long-term plan. And I want that for my birthday, and I want that, ooh, daddy. And like, he would tell me, he would like see something, oh, daddy. And I was like, what? Well, never my birthday. Okay, you've said that a thousand times, of course. And I, I said, buddy, you can't have all of this for your birthday. Oh, so that's called when when you want everything, 
you will never, that's called greedy. We don't want to be greedy. I want one big thing for my birthday. All right, well, that's, a, that's, a, that's better. But we can, be, we can be greedy. We can be ambitious and, 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 and hurt people. Because the world rewards that. Our culture rewards success, however gotten it was. It rewards the next big pay raise. It rewards the next big job. It rewards, it, it rewards, rewards, rewards. And especially if you can be sarcastic, cynical in your judgments of others, if you can make it whimsical and funny, they reward you. It's not a good way to go. Because you're getting the feedback of positivity. You're getting Rehoboam saying, this has been successful this whole time. You have no idea how unsuccessful you've been. You have no idea how it just hasn't been working. You've been getting what you're getting because you've been doing the same thing over and over again. And you don't quite understand that it's your fault. Reboam just didn't get it. He didn't get that that the type of success Solomon had is not the type of success God And that true success in the will of God is doing the will of God. And sometimes that comes with feel bad. When you grind a conversation to a halt because it's not healthy for anyone involved. That does not feel good. Guys, we really shouldn't be talking about them like that. I don't, I don't, I don't want to intrude on anybody. But if we're in the way of Jesus, we need to be holding each other accountable. We need to be the wise sages for each other who can say, this is not the way to go. It's potluck. Tell somebody they don't need three desserts. Speak up. None of the seven pregnant women. Don't tell any of them. Yeah, I'm ref. I'm, yeah. Yeah. But there are. Charlie, if my scripture's messed up, don't talk again. I, I can't handle both. I can handle you and the scripture being right, but not at the same time. The, uh, <laughs> but there, we, we are called to be better than our parents. And that takes you rethinking some things. Rethinking how you live your life as an adult. Changing your pattern as an adult. And it's not an indictment of your parents. 
But you can only raise a kid so well. You can only, you can only do so much. If God's first children rebelled, yours will too. And so you're going to come out of your raising, you're going to come out of whatever, whatever situation in life you're in, and you're going to need to improve. Right now, you can follow, every one of you, every one of us, can follow the will of God better tomorrow than we did last week. Every single one of us. And it takes people in our lives to hold us to a different standard. Now, this is this is where we turn the corner, and I'm going to say something very preacher-like, but I'm going to, hopefully I'm going to say it in a way that maybe you haven't. That isn't very preacher You need church. You need this place. You need this community. Maybe, and listen, I get it. Maybe not this community. You need a community of people who are trying to look like Jesus. You need that. Otherwise, your ceiling is right where you are right now. I need people in my life who I can look to and say, yeah, I could be better at this because they're better at that. I need people that, that are more patient than I am. You know, in Galatians uh, chapter 5, he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That letter is written to a whole group of people. And the Spirit, for the most part, in Scripture, is given to groups. And Jesus says, wherever two or three of you will, are gathered, that's where I, I will be there too. When the group comes together, the Spirit is active. And the fruit of the Spirit, I'm not great at all of them. I'm all right at love, and I can do some joy. But I'm not fantastic at patience. But some of you are. And together, not individually, not in a singular sense, but in a plural sense, in a collective sense, we are living out the kingdom of God. We as a community can be what God calls us to be. As individuals, we're going to have a really hard time. But as a community, we can walk the way of God. Some of us being strong and some of us being weak. And in other times, those same people who are weak are now strong, helping those who were strong before. We need each other. You, the reason you need to come to church is so that you can be the church. That's just the only way to get in there and, and, and participate. The reason, the reason you need to be a part of the church is because you, your ceiling is you unless you aren't. When you're part of the church, Jesus is the limit. We can be Jesus together. Not individually. Like, I'm not going to nail that individually. Like you're going you're gonna to find faults in me and you don't even have to look very hard. I'm not where I forgot a belt today. Some of you have already noticed. That, you, we, we are not the best we can be individually, but as a community, 
We can lean on each other. And not just support each other, but challenge each other. That's why you need church. Not because, well, God's watching, and when God, you know, God's just looking for a reason to get angry. That's not it. That's not why you come to church. You don't come to church because you have to. You come to church because church is the only way. Community in Christ is the only way to be in Christ. Christianity is a team sport. You cannot do it on your own. And I I was talking about this with a woman one time and she said, well, can't, what if I teach my kids about the Bible every Sunday? Yeah, that's fine. Their ceiling is going to be you. I need my kids to see. I, I need Nolan to see Johnny Bowman and Nathan Evans and Todd Richards. I need. I need my my kids to see. I need Nathan. To, I need uh, Todd. Wow, I've just named Nolan. <laughs> Who cares what his name is, really? I need Nolan to see Ty Gentry. I need Nolan to see, like, I need Nolan to be in community. I need Clara and Maisie to be in community with the women of the church, with the men of the church. They they need that more than they need me. They say it takes a village to raise a child. You are picking your village. You get to choose your village. Is your village the church of the holy softball gods? What is your village? Now, I I love Max and Wendy have decided to be a part of our church. Y'all been coming here for like a year, right? Yeah, well, now it's official. We'll give you the keys later. But I love, you know, what's crazy is like there's, in the Bible, there is no mention of people placing membership in a church. People showing up and follow Jesus together. Now, we do that because, you know, we like records and roles and numbers and I don't know. It's just been done for, for a long time. We're just in this together and we need each other to make wise decisions because what you're doing, all of the things you're doing, you may, you may be getting positive responses from them, but they aren't working. And the church is the only place that when you're getting those positive responses or, or being sassy or whatever it is, you, the church is the only place in its, in its best form the only place that you're, someone's going to say, I don't think that's the right attitude. And you're, you're going to feel their love and respect for you even while they're correcting. But we can hold each other accountable. That's the only place that's going to happen. Especially in the name of Jesus. The, the, the call today is absolutely, you, you need to follow Jesus. But if you need to like really commit to a church, that's really going to commit to you. We, we want to be that for you. We want to be the group of people who can tell you this is not the way to go. And we want to be the group of people that you can tell us, I don't think that's working. 
We want to be your community. We want to follow Christ together. And so when you give your life to Jesus, you're giving your life to His church, to His kingdom. That's a big decision. And it might not suit what you're doing, but it'll suit what God calls you to do. If you need anything this morning, you want to you be baptized into Christ, you, wanna, you need prayers, anything at all, please come forward while we stand and sing.